0: Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. I don't know about you, uh, but for me, it's it's been uh, kind of a crazy week. There's a lot of, uh, with all these events going on in Washington, D.C., I I felt a a wide range of pretty strong emotions. I have to say that, um, you know, I'd been initially pretty excited about our recent, albeit somewhat arbitrary, crossing over from the year 2020 to the year 2021, just a little over a week ago, because maybe, like, Like you, I was expecting this year to be better than the last year. And this week, I don't know, it began to call some of my initial enthusiasm into question. I was disturbed by the division I saw in our country and saddened by the loss of life. And regardless of your personal political opinions about what happened this week and about what will transpire in the coming weeks related and unrelated to it, I think we must all probably be feeling a little uncertain right now expecting the peaceful transition of power may seem normal for us but it was essentially unheard of for most of human history including in Jesus's time and as Subdeacon Stephen mentioned in his epiphany sermon Herod was a perfect example just when Herod had obtained leadership in Judea at the grant of the Roman city his mother-in-law Alexandra sought to regain power for her family, the Hasmoneans, whose dynasty Herod had overthrown in 37 BC. In that same year, Cleopatra had married the Roman leader, Mark Antony. And recognizing Cleop- Cleopatra's influence over Mark Antony, Alexandra asked Cleopatra for help making the III the high priest in order to help partially repair the fortunes of the Hasmoneans. When Alexandra made her request, Cleopatra urged Alexandra to leave Judea and to come visit her and Mark Antony with Aristobulus. But Herod was so concerned that if Antony met Aristobulus in person, well, maybe Antony would make him king instead. So, he had Aristobulus assassinated. Herod reportedly killed his own sons to prevent their threats to his power. And even after he died, he ordered a large group of distinguished men to come to Jericho so that they could be murdered, so that people would be upset about their deaths and display mourning that he hoped he would get for himself. This is not a good dude, right? Luckily, his surviving son and sister didn't do that last order. So, whatever side you see yourself in the events of this week, I want you to ask yourself, what is it that you seek? Do you seek to serve your own political interests? Do you seek to satisfy your own personal preferences? Or do you seek our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? I want you to ask yourself if maybe you've lost Jesus in the past year, with deadly viruses keeping us away from attending church as regularly as we like in person, Deep political division putting Americans further and further apart from each other, where various natural disasters have ravaged the land. Have we lost Jesus during a year where we hardly see even those we love? And might be a little too happy we didn't have to see those we don't. In the gospel passage today, Jesus is twelve years old. He's a teenager. And because he's fully God and fully human, he's also fully teenager. He's going through a period of growth, both physically and intellectually. He's appropriately testing his boundaries and seeking his independence from his parents. It's easy to see Mary and Joseph as the victims in this story. They're the ones who are frantically searching. Can you imagine the horrors racing through their minds? Maybe he's gotten mixed up with the wrong crowd back in Jerusalem. Maybe there's some cute girl he's crushing on with that raging testosterone. Or maybe he's just succumbed to a band of robbers along the way. I'm sure they must have worried, at least for a moment, if they'd ever see him again. Is it any wonder that his tender mother says to him when she finds him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, we've been searching for you in great distress. And yet his reply should resonate with us as strongly as it did with her. Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? In other words, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know where I was all along? That's what Jesus is saying to us today, my brothers and sisters. Have you lost him? Are you looking for him? Do you need a firm foundation in your life today? Do you need to find love that doesn't fail? Truth? you can count on a well of living water that never dries up a hope in something better than petty politics a faith that will stand firm against the threat of death are you out there searching frantically searching in great distress like mary and joseph tell you to search no more jesus christ is the answer and the good news is that he's right where you expect him to be he's here in his father's house. And I'm not just saying he's in these walls here at the Advent, although I hope so. Nay, he's out there in the hearts of faithful believers and in holy churches throughout this great land. And so I hope that you, again, agree that he's also here in the hearts of our believers, and that, in fact, he dwells with us in these walls in the holy sacrament of his body and blood we're about to celebrate. And I join my words with those of St. Clement, the second Bishop of Rome. Although some might declaim Peter is the first, Peter was not a bishop but an apostle, so Clement is the second Bishop of Rome with Linus the first, but whatever. What I'm saying is with St. Clement, a direct disciple of the apostle Peter himself, that where the bishop is, let the multitude of believers be. Even as where Jesus is, there is the church. By the faith and fortitude of our holy bishops throughout history until today, the church has been fortified and sustained by their faith and steadfastness. So look no further, for everything you have been seeking is right here. But the problem is, we're still out there hunting, frantic, distressed, fearful, distrustful, ignorant, suffering, angry, depressed. We're still searching. As Jesse Trotter says, quote, forward into work. Backwards into tranquilizers, upward into fantasy, downward into depression, sideways into evasion and avoidance, all to avoid the wholeness for something which something else in us so hungrily longs. We do all that searching, I believe, largely because we're too short sighted. We want that instant gratification rather than the eternal reward. We don't think we know where Jesus is when he's right here. And yet, if we're truly honest, the ways we gain that temporary gratification leaves us tired, hungover, unwell, sad, grumpy. God doesn't want us, though, to deny our physical bodies completely. After all, he made them and proclaimed them good. He merely wants us to use them rightly. And when we do, when we align them with the one we seek, Jesus, we have the promise that we will feel refreshed, healthy, and happy. When we balance feeding our physical side with feeding our spiritual side, instead of being half-alive, we'll be fully alive. St. Irenaeus wrote in the second century that the glory of God is a person fully alive. So instead, though, we are like our half-dead ancestors in the garden. Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. And now he might stretch out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Our ancestors, who even then, instead of grasping at the tree of life, grasping at the creation, should have instead been grasping at their creator at he who existed in the form of God, who did not regard equality with God, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, being born a human being just like me, just like you, praise be to God. And yet there's nothing unnatural, nothing sinful in asking of God, why have you treated us so? We've been searching for you in great distress just as Mary and Joseph asked of their son. Yes, they were due the rightful honor of their earthly parentage of Jesus, but God has walked in our shoes. He has heard, and indeed on the cross himself, echoed the words of the psalmist who asked, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? O my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer, and by night, but I find no rest. But I reply, and more importantly, our Lord replies, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So what New Year's resolutions did you make? Were they to fill some hole in your soul? Were they to file down one of your rough edges, cool and over-enthusiastic aspect of your life, or energize a place where lethargy is set in? Whatever you're seeking in those resolutions, your harbor, your safe port, your center should be our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is, whether or not you fully realize it yet, fully accept it or not, what you are seeking. He is your New Year's resolution. He is your life resolution. He's fully human, but are you? Do you put your trust in princes? Psalms tell us it's better to take refuge in our Lord. Do you put your trust in wealth, who the Psalms tell us cannot possibly redeem ourselves or our brothers? Have you lost Jesus because like Adam and Eve, you're trembling in fear? Fear not. Our Lord sought you out to redeem you and to restore you. So brothers and sisters, I ask you to reflect today. Are you hunting frantically what you're missing in your life? Are you asking Jesus where he's been? And if you found him sitting right there in front of you, would your first words be something along the lines of, why are you treating me like this? It's okay to be honest. He's heard it all before. He's taken the scourging, the mocking, the crown of thorns, the nails of the cross, the spear in his side. He's not afraid of any of it. He accepted all of that willingly because he loves you, he loves me, he loves us. So you don't need to be afraid to admit that's the way you feel. But don't ignore him when he says back, why were you looking for me? I've been right here all along. So if you're tired of what you see on the TV, what you hear on the news, songs on the radio, the rancor of social media, whatever it might be. Maybe you're just exhausted by life and your pulse is racing as you anxiously search for a solution, a place to lay your head in this seemingly crazy world. Look no further. The good news is that Jesus is right here where he's always been, in his Father's house. The good news is that he's always been in that crib in Bethlehem of which the prophets spoke for ages before his birth, always been beneath that star, that the magi follow and he's still there waiting for me waiting for you so get off the hamster wheel exit the rat race raise your eyes to heaven stop trying to refresh your parched throats with anything but the living water that will satisfy forever our lord and savior jesus christ amen talks at advent homilies and reflections given at the church of the advent a western Rite orthodox mission in atlanta georgia